0: Merry Christmas to all of you. I'm so glad that you guys are here. I have been here all afternoon, pacing around a cold, dark building, going, when are people gonna show up? When are people gonna show up? Because I'm excited to celebrate Christmas with each and every one of you. That's a pretty good video though, wasn't it? Listen, you have no idea what to expect when you put Jeff in a room with a bunch of kids, okay? You have no idea, but I know beyond the shadow of a doubt That was the best Christmas conversation that has ever happened about biodegradable suits and climbing the corporate ladder, okay? Anybody in this service have a kid in the video? Anybody, okay? Um, I did, okay, were you scared to death about what your kid was gonna say? Okay, they haven't seen this video yet. Yeah, it's it's nerve-wracking because you never quite know how kids are gonna respond. They might respond to a question or or even a Christmas gift in a way that causes their parents to want to just crawl into a hole and absolutely never come out. One year, um, my cousin, she was young and she was really into Barbies, and so we had this brilliant idea we were gonna give her a Ken doll. That was a terrible idea. You wanna know how I know? Because she took the gift, she checked it towards the fireplace, and she said, I don't want it, (laughs) okay? That's a pretty intense response to a Christmas gift. But let me tell you, my favorite Christmas response to a gift comes from an adult, not a child, okay? Any Mariah Carey fans, anybody? Okay, like six of you like Mariah Carey? Okay, there's more, okay? If you're a Mariah Carey fan, you've probably heard this already, you probably read about it in the news, but one of her diehard fans actually bought her a parcel of land for Christmas. Can you believe that? I mean, can you imagine caring so much about a celebrity that you actually gift them property for Christmas? Let me tell you how Mariah Carey responded. I don't want for Christmas. That was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, you should not laugh at that. It's only going to encourage me. Hey, hey, listen, let me tell you something. All jokes aside, the way we respond to gifts is really important. You see, the way we respond to gifts, it says something about us, it says something about the way we view the gift, and it says something about how we feel about the giver. And that's why we want to spend just a few minutes today just preparing our hearts to respond to the gift of Jesus appropriately. You see, it turns out if you were to flip through the Christmas story in the Bible, you'll find lots of different characters and and groups of people. but, But what you'll see is that there's this common thread through each and every one of them. You see, every single one of them responds to the gift of Jesus in exactly the same way. And if you can get that many people to agree to anything at all, it's worth taking a look at. And so together, what we're gonna do is just briefly today as we're preparing for Christmas is is we're gonna find ourselves in their situations and we're gonna embrace their response as our own. The first response we find in the Christmas story, it comes in Luke chapter one, verse 41. And in this verse, Jesus has not even been born yet. Okay, But, but Mary who's pregnant with Jesus, she goes to Elizabeth who's pregnant with John the Baptist and this is what it says. It says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. There is no coaching a baby in the womb, right? I mean, you cannot prepare them to respond to a gift the way you want them to respond. A baby in the womb is only going to do what comes naturally. Listen, at this point, John depends on his mom for absolutely everything. He cannot eat, he cannot think, he cannot breathe. He cannot even exist apart from his mother. He is powerless, yet he still instinctively responds to the proximity and the gift of Jesus. Listen, this is the first situation and response we find in the Christmas story. The powerless respond with worship. The powerless respond with worship. Listen, maybe you find yourself in this seat today. Maybe you feel powerless this Christmas season to to fix your marriage. Maybe you feel powerless to, to provide gifts for the people that you love. Maybe you feel powerless to rise above your circumstances or to overcome addiction or to gain control over your mental health. Let me tell you something, if you find yourself in this chair this Christmas, hear this, Jesus is even closer in our weakness than he is in our strength. You see, it's not our power that motivates worship. It's his power that motivates worship. Let me talk to the kids in the room for just a minute. Can I add all the kids to look up? Will, look at, no, I'm just kidding. All the kids, look at me right here, okay? Look up from the devices, look up from the activities. You are the most powerless people in this room. Okay, you know what that means? That means that you cannot vote, you cannot drive. Many of you cannot even pick your own bedtime. But hear me out, you are not too young to understand that Christmas is all about Jesus. And you have the power in you to respond in the same way that every single character in the Christmas story responds by worshiping Jesus. And that's what it's all about. Let's keep going. The second response comes from Mary herself, just a few verses later. This is what it says in Luke chapter one, verses 46 through 49. It says, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one, has done great things for me holy is his name listen in these verses and the ones that follow mary looks at her situation as the carrier of the gift that's going to transform the entire world and she praises god for being mindful of her and merciful to her and listen i've never been pregnant okay big shocker i know okay But I have watched my wife carry and deliver all three of our children. And there's not a single moment through that season of life that I would describe her as comfortable or at ease, okay? It didn't happen. You see, in those moments, her ribcage expanded and her back ached. She felt heartburn and sleepless nights. Her thoughts were always on the baby and her baby's foot was always on her bladder, okay? You know what I'm talking about. Mary was not immune to the physical discomfort of carrying a child. But on top of all of that, she felt the weight of responsibility to carry and deliver and care for the son of God, the savior of the world. You know what she was? Mary was overwhelmed. But even in that place, the gift of Jesus produced worship from her lips. Listen, here's the second situation and response that we can experience from the Christmas story. The overwhelmed respond with worship. Listen, maybe you feel overwhelmed today. Maybe you're overwhelmed by the preparations that go into this hectic weekend. Maybe you're overwhelmed by the family drama that's waiting for you after a long drive. Listen, maybe you're overwhelmed by the grief of a person who's gonna be missing from this weekend's celebration. Let me tell you something today. You do not have to bury those feelings to respond appropriately to the gift of Jesus this Christmas. You see, he is with us in each and every one of those places. He is mindful of us. He is merciful to us. And get this, in his goodness, sometimes he allows us to be overwhelmed so that we will humbly lean into his strength, his power, and his presence to see us through. Listen, regardless of the chaos that's going on out there, regardless of the chaos that may be happening in here, we can respond to the gift of Jesus from this chair with worship. Let's keep going. After Jesus is born, angels show up and and they deliver the message to a crowd of shepherds keeping watch over their sheep at night. Listen, at the sight of the angels, it tells us that the shepherds are terrified, but, but despite the amazing things that they witness, it's the message they deliver about Jesus that produces the greatest response from them. Why? Well, in ancient Israel, shepherds were generally considered unclean. You see, in the community of God's people, because of the work they did, their daily contact with animals meant that they were were unworthy to worship in God's presence with God's people. And for that reason, they were generally treated as outsiders. But all of that changes on the first Christmas. You see, they're invited to experience the gift of Jesus up close and in person. And can you imagine their surprise when they get there and realize they are the first ones chosen to celebrate this gift? In addition to telling everybody about it, Luke chapter 2 verse 20 gives us a glimpse of their attitude after seeing and experiencing Jesus. It says, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Listen, here's the third chair we find and relate to in the Christmas story, the unworthy respond with worship. Listen, on some level, we all sit in this chair, don't we? There's not a single one of us that deserves the love of Jesus, but there's, there's something inside of each and every one of us that convinces us that somehow we are less deserving of God's love than anybody else in this room. You see, our guilt and our shame and our sin make God feel distant, but the story of Christmas, the gift of Jesus proclaims that there is nothing in us, there is nothing about us that can separate us from God's love. Can I be honest with you? I sit in this chair pretty often. You see, I stand up on this stage and I proclaim the truth about God's love. And let me tell you something, I believe it with my whole heart. I believe it's true for you. I believe God loves you unconditionally. I just struggled to believe that He loves me in the same way. That's why I have a sign that hangs in my office that, that comes from something that a wise friend said to me. They said, You are not the exception to God's love and approval. Listen, that's true for me and it's true for you. And for that reason alone, we have reason to praise God and celebrate all he's done for us this Christmas and every single day. Let's keep going. We got a lot of characters to get through before we talk about Santa and the reindeer, okay? The next characters whose situation we can relate to are the wise men, okay? This is what it says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. It says, on coming to the house, they, the wise men, they saw the child with his mother Mary they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You see what I want you to understand about the wise men is that they respond in the exact same way to Jesus even though they're not like everybody else. How were they different? Well, not only did these individuals have the means to travel a great distance just to place their eyes on Jesus, but but they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And each and every one of these luxurious gifts indicate that these visitors have wealth and they have power. But listen, their privileged status didn't carry in our pocket. No matter what we have in our bank accounts, no matter what's waiting for us under the tree, the gift of Jesus still brings us to our knees, bowing low to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, amen? All right, there's one more character that we might relate to in the Christmas story. It's the drummer boy. No, I'm just kidding. It's not the drummer boy. This character's name is Simeon. And Simeon doesn't make it into our nativity scenes. Okay, even though he sees Jesus before the wise men do, but Simeon lived in Jerusalem and he's described as, as righteous and devout. He's, he's a religious individual, He pursues God, and and because of that, God has revealed to him that he will not die before he experiences firsthand the Lord's Messiah. Look at what happens in Luke chapter two, verses 27 through 32. It says, moved by the spirit, he went into the temple courts was the climax of Simeon's life. As a matter of fact, he goes so far as to say, I am ready to die and leave this world because of I have been able to place my eyes on him. Listen, here's the final situation and response that we can relate to in the Christmas story. The religious respond with worship. Listen, maybe you find yourself in this seat today. Maybe you would say that you are a religious person Maybe you come to church week in and week out so that you can proclaim the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Maybe you wake up in the morning so that you can read your Bible and pray. Maybe you seek God's will, pursue him with all your heart, and proclaim his love to the world around you. Listen, if that describes you, then I want you to hear me loud and clear. You cannot and will not ever graduate from the celebration of Christmas. Listen, the Christmas story is not elementary teaching that we embrace before moving on to bigger and better, more religious things. This is our greatest moment, the climax of it all. Jesus is here. He is Emmanuel, God with us, and he is worthy to be praised listen. These are the five chairs of the Christmas story. Powerless, overwhelmed, unworthy, privileged, religious. They describe the characters in the first Christmas story, but they describe our attitude towards Christmas today. Which one are you? You see, maybe you identify with one of them or maybe you're a combination of two or three, or maybe you say, I'm in a different chair altogether. Here's the thing that we all need to understand. No matter what seat we find ourselves in this Christmas, worship is the only appropriate response to the gift of Jesus Christ. That's why we're gonna continue to worship together today. Listen, in a book called Transformational Discipleship, they define worship as this. Worship is the activity by a believer or a group of believers to celebrate God's goodness at work. As a discipline, worship occurs when we prioritize God in our thinking and in our affections for a particular period of time. Let me tell you something, folks, Christmas is busy. Christmas is chaotic, but whatever's waiting for you out there, whatever you're feeling in here, let's spend a few minutes thinking about Jesus and placing all of our attention on him. On your seats when you came in, you should have had a, a communion kit. These, these elements, the, the bread and the juice, they're, they're an act of worship. Okay, they're a reminder that the baby in the manger grows up and he becomes the man on the cross who dies to forgive us of our sins. These elements, listen, they remind us that God's love has a name and that name is Jesus Christ. They remind us that God reaches out to us through Jesus Christ. And so we're gonna take these elements as an act of worship so that we can focus all of our attention on the gift of Jesus Christ. If you will, open the bottom layer. You gotta do this in order or it causes some problems, okay? Spill juice all over yourself. The Bottom layer has the bread. And I want you to take this bread, I want you to recognize that it represents Christ's body that was broken for us. And I want you to take it and I just want you to say in your heart or under your breath, thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. Now you can peel back the top layer. This is the juice that represents Christ's blood that was spilled for us. I want you to drink it. And in your heart or under your breath, I just want you to whisper, thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we've gathered in this place so that we can worship you. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. We we give you all the glory for what you've done for us. God, we will never tire of the Christmas story. God, this is the climax of our lives. Jesus is here. He is for us. He loves us. And that gives us reason to celebrate. Lord, I pray that over the next few moments, as we continue in worship, be in this place. Let us feel close to you. Hear the praises that we sing. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info infonorthridge.online. At